0: And welcome to minute eight of season five of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee kai our way through the nineteen ninety Bruce Willis action film Die Hard Two Die Harder one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Josh Horowitz of Five Minutes of Trouble, Five Minutes of Banzai, and Twelve Chimes. it's Twelve Chimes, it's midnight. Welcome back,
1: Josh. Twelve Chimes, it's midnight. Yes. Hello, Rob. Glad to be back. I'm glad to have you back on on Hunt Day. Welcome, welcome to Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. We get to talk about Minute Eight this time, don't we? Yes,
0: we do. Yes, we do. Do, do you
1: maybe have uh, some sort of introduction of of the,
0: the where the minute begins and
1: ends? Indeed. All right. Minute Eight starts with Atlock. Continuing his walk past the TV, and it ends with Matlock lying down in a pool of blood after an unorthodox DWP visit. <laughs> I'm that just is... going to keep calling him Matlock the custodian. I mean, he, he looks no very problem. similar to him. Yes. And that's Andy Griffith for crying out loud.
0: He really does. He really <laughs> does look like him. He is not Andy Griffith. His his actual name is Bill Smiley. Who... Bill Smiley. Bill Smiley, who was born in 1922 and passed away in 2003 at the age of 81. Uh, mm. He has 64 credits on IMDb. But the most interesting thing, I, I found two interesting things about him. Uh, first of all, he served on a destroyer during World War II. And the second ah. thing is that he was an avid treasure hunter and was also the president of the Prospectors Club of South, of Southern California. So oh, yeah. he, he
1: kind of looks like a pro, like an old time prospector. Yes, he right? does. Give him some overalls, you know, that's cowboy right. he the overalls, and he needs to do
0: the the little jig, you know, from the the, the Treasure of Sierra, Sierra Madre, and that, that works, <laughs> Which I actually just watched today. That's really funny that that you just oh. brought up the prospector aspect of it. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a third thing about him. He he actually uh, was known for having many single title roles back in the 1980s. He played sheriff. Evangelist, stagehand, fire chief, and man in bar.
0: And custodian. <laughs>
1: and, and custodian. How can you forget yeah. custodian? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I went I went through the 64 uh, credits in IMDb, and nothing really stood out as something that I was like, oh, I know who he is. I mean, even in... in when I did When Harry Met Sally, some of the you know documentary couples, I was able to recognize some of the actors there from other things they've been in. But not this one. Mm-hmm.
1: No. Yeah. It's kind of hard to watch a movie and then say, oh, yeah, that, that was Man in Bar.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. It depends if he has something to say.
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Here he doesn't have much to say. <laughs> so he, he continues walking uh, across the... The 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 I guess the church uh, on mm-hmm. his way to the door, and you know we hear the creaky floor, you know which is which is great, and we we have the the newscast continue, and we we hear rumors abound on Capitol Hill that there were, and then it gets drowned out by the conversation because he answers the door and says yeah, <laughs> That's, there you go, <laughs> there you go Bill. What were the rumors? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Nope, we won't. And then, uh, sorry to bother you, sir. We're checking our equipment. Any problems with the conduit line? And he goes, "Uh, gee, I don't know anything about that. Which is probably the answer that most people would give if someone knocks at your door and asks you if you have problems with your conduit line.
1: Why yes, the,
0: the conduit line is having some. You know, uh, I, I have had problems with it. Maybe you should check <laughs> it. I'm really glad that you came. I've been, I've actually
1: been waiting six hours for you to show up. <laughs> I I prayed in this church and my prayers are answered. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I I have a note here. So so Matlock lets the DWP men inside. Okay. Now, if this were directed uh, or written by uh, by say Zucker Abrams, if this were an, an airplane type film mm-hmm. so maybe matlock wouldn't let them in and then they'd return a few minutes later in other guises that would be inappropriate <laughs> for a church like maybe they show up and, and they're jehovah's witnesses and now he's oh there you go and or maybe he show they show up as bible salesmen like, or oh, as rabbis know, you know or rabbis <laughs> or, or harry krishnas yes you know, <laughs> possibilities are are endless here that's right oh wow that that's really interesting
0: yeah i don't, I don't <laughs> think Rennie Harland. On his first major uh, U.S. movie, would
1: have tried to do something like that, but but I like where you're going with that. I, I do. I, I give you credit for that one, Josh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess the the closest equivalent would be the, what the Loaded Weapon series. Yeah. That kind of uh, series. There, was, uh, one one at, there was one. There was one. There was one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a Loaded Weapon with, movie. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Loaded Weapon Part One, but it was uh, there was only one. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, you know, he, then uh, then uh, Baker says to him, would you mind if we take a look? <laughs> and he goes, help yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the, the note I had here, though. So then then the scene just quickly changes. I mean, you see the outside of the church. Well, first of all, do you see how he
0: closes the door behind like the the second guy when they come in? The second guy like closes the door suspiciously behind him.
1: Oh, I didn't notice that. Yes. Hmm. You
0: yeah, know, I mean, it all sounds—it all seems very natural the way this is working. Yeah. But you. But know, uh, you think Baker you do, knows though, about uh, conduits? You
1: know. <laughs> yeah, well, conduits, sure. Uh But but you you do then get the, you know the, there's sort of ominous music as the door closes, yes. mm-hmm. which then transitions to the sound of the jet engine, and uh, as you right. see the plane. And I I was just kind of wondering what we were supposed to infer from this i mean are is the audience being reminded that yes this is an airplane movie no from what you the audience, is, before, the audience is being the, is being reminded that this is very close to the airport yeah but that's that's the thing because it's kind of
0: which is a great location for
1: for a for a daycare center yeah right <laughs> okay because nap time in, in the everyone switch, they're clear about that though <laughs> so, uh you know yes. that 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 it's supposed to show that they're close I don't know. Maybe because it was one scene to the next, I didn't associate the fact that oh, this is really close to the airport. Like if you yeah. would have seen the airplane maybe going over the horizon, you know, like at at rooftop level <laughs> as it goes and you know the foundations shake. Right. If they would have you know, then they, maybe
0: I would have gotten that. Exactly. If they would have had like the 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 shot pan up and then you see a plane, that would have been even better. Yeah. You know, as opposed yeah. to being a cut shot. You know, it's not like it, it's not. It's not as if they're getting a flyover. It's you know, like stock
1: footage. Yes, this is an airplane movie.
0: <laughs> yes. Something <laughs> is taking place at an airport here. <laughs>
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, 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 okay, we'll call him Matlock. Matlock continues to talk. Yes. And he says, it don't seem right somehow closing down this church. The parish is going to keep on using it, but it won't be the same. Been here <laughs> a lot of years, and I've been right here with it. Yeah, I kind of feel like a piece of me. Is dying with this church. And then Baker looks mm-hmm. at him and goes, Well, you're right about that. <laughs> then he pulls uh... out a gun and just shoots him. And I mean he shoots him with a pistol. And well,
1: it's a silencer, right? Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. But it's it's really bloody as he falls mm-hmm. back and then topples over the pews and you see blood squirting out and all over the place. So oh, yeah. it's it's a little strange. That they, I mean, my biggest question is: is okay, you have a character who basically has uh, five lines, you know? Why use an actor? Why not use a stuntman who's about to get killed? I mean, I'm, my assumption is, is that it's a stuntman who is the one who was falling over the pews, and not our good friend Bill Smiley, you know, who is oh, yeah. who in 1989 is in his sixties. He's 67. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my assumption is he's not the one who's pulling over the pew. So, you know, there are a lot of movies that just use uh stuntmen at this point. So mm-hmm. wouldn't that have made more sense? Unless my unless God. every stuntman they tried just couldn't get the Matlock
1: uh you know. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah, how many how many stuntmen out there look like Matlock? Uh, I guess it adds to that that gritty realism, you know, we we can see the, the visceral visceralness of the violence the blood you know that really heightens up the tension here uh you know and, and the fact that he flies backwards toppling over two rows of pews yeah i mean, obviously uh, I mean this, the... is, this is a staple you're going to find in any action movie but correct you know, right
0: but it's... again my my question is is why do they need to use uh, an actor as opposed to as a... using an automatically a stuntman
1: yeah, I don't know. Gives gives you that that extra sense of realism. Um, I guess so. Cuz this this movie is all about realism, by the way. Of course it is. How Down you, to the fact how... that we even have him, you know, falling back over the pews. Yes. <laughs> I know that that was the first question I had. It's like, okay, you know, do, is is there a reality where people actually go flying back and when they get shot like this? And uh and I looked up and apparently Mythbusters did a a little thing about uh whether that would actually happen
0: from and, this movie
1: uh, not well they they did something else from this movie actually but they just they in the, general the whole they did
0: the, the uh, about trying to, for to to flag down the plane right isn't that what they did
1: yeah well no what they did was the the whole well it's spoilers for those who haven't gotten here yet but you know the the trail of gasoline that leads up to ah the plane, right, right right. that's right that's right that's right. that's what they did right uh, but they at one point they did an episode where they we're just questioning if somebody gets shot, do they fly backwards like they do in action movies? And you know they they did it with I guess they used a I guess a pig carcass at one point, and then they used one of their ballistic gel dummies and stuff. And and the answer is unsurprisingly no, no it right. doesn't happen. You know I mean there's just basic laws of physics. Even if you have a shotgun, if a shotgun bullet, you know the 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 blast or whatever would cause a body to go flying then every reaction has the equal and opposite reaction. So the person holding the shotgun would also be going flying back, but that doesn't right. happen. Uh, but that doesn't make for good movies. And so we've, we've got to see, uh, see a little bit of, of Pew splitting bloody violence in yes. the church. <laughs> That's right.
0: Oh, well, what can you do? <laughs>
1: yeah. But, but what I like though, is is just the the one-liners, and this is going to be uh, a theme throughout this movie. Anytime there's a bad guy who has an opportunity to use a snappy one-liner, he's gonna take it. That's right. You know, the the whole you know feels like a piece of me is dying with this church. Well, you're right about I, that. I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just wondering is is that a good quality in a henchman? You know this this ability to recognize puns and and have the one-liners ready whenever they're about to shoot or kill. Well, you know, considering going he was in through, all three
0: Porky's movies, so maybe. He, he, he knows, you know, he knows there about good go. comedy. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, you know, when... At when least at colonel... this point, at least he's wearing his clothes this time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when the colonel is is doing his, you know, his interviews for henchmen, you know, is that one of the questions? You know, can you come up with a snappy one-liner at the right time? Yeah. So I, I, I would like to think then, yes, that that is part of that interview And apparent,
0: apparently Baker fits in there. There you go
1: absolutely we'll
0: get, we'll get we'll get another one later this week also so we'll we'll, we'll know that uh, you know that, that they all they'll fit in there
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then the uh, newscast continues and it picks up uh i mean I like the way that you know the TV continued it wasn't you know the story continued now we have this big hole of information and mm. then the the TV continues where it says cocaine smuggling and bribing government officials. he certainly mm. doesn't show it. But no matter how high, how high his spirits, and then, you know, basically the, that gets cut off by, by the yeah. end of that.
1: Now, now he's supposed to be essentially Manuel Noriega, yes, right? hmm Yeah. For those of you who don't remember your history of, that's right. of the uh, mid-80s, yeah, he but, was but, the but, Panamanian dictator with that's the drug right. backgrounds. But, but one right. of the things that I noticed last week,
0: even though this is supposed to be Noriega, um... Well, the whole thing with Noriega happened Christmas 1989, mm. which oh, was while they recently, were yeah. filming this movie. Yeah. Huh. So I, I guess
1: it was on the news, too. Just but to it was all out. written beforehand. That was the thing. Oh.
0: You know, I don't think that they throughout the movie, they changed you know, while they were filming the movie, they changed everything because of Noriega. I think it was they already. I mean, according to the, the you know, the, the script that I have, the script mm-hmm. is from November. So it's it's I guess someone like Noriega, but here we've arrested. Right. Him. Yeah, know, that type of thing. And then,
1: prescient. Look at that.
0: That's right. Hmm. That's very true. So Did the, you already
1: the, talk about uh, the uh, the location that they talk about, where this dictator comes Valverde, from. Valverde. Yes, we talked about it last week. Where it's all, we mm-hmm. talked about
0: all the different fictional places, fictional movies that talk about the fictional country of Valverde. There's a whole mm. bunch of them.
1: Yeah. You know, I never did see the movie were. that 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 was also mentioned in though. The, You've uh, never the seen Commando movie? I never. Ooh. Have. I know. I've Josh, seen a lot of them. I, I don't know about Not you, that one. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> You're starting to disappoint here, you
1: know. Well, these I mean, are all opportunities for me to be uh, exposed to uh, stuff fresh, right? There you go. That's true. I I I,
0: I have a, a a feeling that I probably will not do Commando minute at some point um mm. because you know, there it's then I would just have to talk about like a, you know 150 something ways to die, because uh, oh. that's what that movie is basically. You know, it, it has one of the largest body counts uh, in any movie, oh.
1: where you so actually you see all the, the deaths in this movie though. Yeah, because oh, yeah, there's sure. a lot a lot of people that that are gonna are gonna die mostly off camera. Well, that that's the thing, right? This because, one,
0: I mean, this this movie you do have it that the the people in the plane, but you know, right. But in Commando, you see one by one the number of people who are who he, you know, he, he's on an island and just shooting people left and right. Yeah. You know, the. Well, it,
1: it reminds me of the, the movie UHF when yes. they parodied the Rambo the movie. movies and you actually see the body count. Yes. <laughs> the on the bottom of the screen.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here, just a few little tidbits about Commando. Commando has. 54 stunt performers listed in the credits, which is 17 more people than are in the actual cast. Wow. Okay. That already tells you something about (laughs) it. He only kills 81 people. There you go. 81? 81. But you actually, but you get to see them. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And some of them are are very, very uh, graphic and interesting Mm. to, 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 to watch how that happens. So, I mean, one of the things that's mentioned here in this newscast, is cocaine. So, Josh, what do you know about
1: cocaine? <laughs> what do I know about it? Well, it's white and it's powdery and uh, I, I never touched the stuff. <laughs> okay. Me too. Ditto here.
0: Okay. It is the second most popular illegal recreational drug in the U.S. Mm. Do you know what the most popular is? Uh, the most popular. Well,
1: probably marijuana, I would guess. Right? That's right. Cannabis. Cannabis.
0: Okay. Marijuana. Um, and the U.S. is the world's largest consumer of cocaine. And hmm. in 2020, Oregon became the first U.S. state to g- decriminalize cocaine in small amounts. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Geez. Do you know when uh, cocaine became illegal in America? Uh, I would probably say like the 30s or 40s. Eh? 1914. Oh, even earlier. Okay. Yes um beforehand there,
0: there there were uh cocaine consumption began in like the 1800s and then by uh, 1905 it was it was getting really really out of hand uh mm. laborers were using it as a stimulant um and it became quickly became uh it had a reputation of being dangerous mm. and in a colorado mining county in the late 1800s they actually had a bill of control for cocaine sales um, hmm. because most of the laborers were using it because it was cheaper than alcohol, which is really interesting because nowadays you think it's the exact opposite. Huh. It was. It sometimes it was supplemented or replaced caffeine in order to help people, uh, you know, stay awake or work overtime and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it was in Coca Cola for That's a while. That is yeah. correct. That's the name. Yeah. Um, in the 1950s, the popularity actually started fading, but then in the 60s, uh, you know, during, during the counterculture of the 60s, uh, it became popular again. The 70s and 80s, it became even more popular because of the disco culture. Huh. Um, and then in the 80s, also the rock music culture uh, added things to it. Uh, you even had songs like Eric Clapton's uh, song, Cocaine. Hmm. All right. In uh, in a report in 1999, they claimed that there were 3.7 million people uh in the U.S. 12 and older that were using cocaine, which was 1.7 percent of all households. Wow. Yeah. They also say that that today they claim that 1.5 million people are still using it. Uh, are still using in America.
1: Hmm. And if if you'll recall in Die Hard one, <laughs> we, we get to see it get used yes, we to do. a bad yes, we effect. Do. Yes, we do. And well, that was the other co-worker. Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. All
0: right. So I mentioned about before that Oregon became the first uh, state to decriminalize g- g- cocaine. At the same time, they also decriminalized heroin. So I, I'm I'm wondering what's <laughs> going on in Oregon.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> Just. Uh a uh, little, little strange that 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 would uh that, that that's the only state in the union you have fifty states and there's only one that has even come close to to deciding that they uh you know want to let people uh
1: use these things recreationally well stay safe out there oregon that's right and <laughs> and
0: then what happens in the minute once again we get they give us a a very uh i guess you would say a long shot even though it's uh you know, only two seconds, but they 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 stay a little too focused on the dead
1: body. Well, they got to see the arm coming down.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> correct.
1: Do <laughs> <laughs> you think there was a, a chuckle in the audience when that happened, or was that I just so. kind of like? Oh, I believe boy.
0: that there was. Yes, oh. I definitely believe there was. Now, have you seen the movie Stand by Me? Yes. Okay, yes, so the, his face looks like Ray Brower's face. Oh. You know, which is Which for the people who aren't paying attention, you know, it's the the kid or people who, sorry, for people who haven't seen Stand By Me, that's the kid that they're actually going to look for. (laughs) Yes. So just the way that his eyes are staring out and like the blood is on his face, it reminded me of it. Obviously, Matlock and Ray Brower do not look at all alike, even though there's a 30 year difference between when that takes place in 1959 and this is 1989. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, no. it's that, you know, when when you're dead, you share a lot in common with other dead people. Apparently. Yeah.
0: Apparently. And then uh, Baker and Thompson uh, start walking away. We don't know what they're going to do. We'll have to wait until tomorrow to find out what they're going to do. Oh, the mystery. Yes, completely. All right. So um, is there anything else you want to say before we get into the script?
1: Nope. I think I got that out.
0: All right, so the the dialogue is the same at the beginning, and and then uh, after the, the custodian says, help yourself, the three men walk down the main aisle of the church, dust motes dance in the colored lights. And then the, the, he's, the, the custodian's speech is slightly different. There's just a few words that are a little different here. He says, don't seem right somehow, closing a church down as opposed to closing down this church. All right. And he says, "Oh, I know the parish is going to keep using it." But in the, the movie, he says, "He says it matter of factly, the parish is still going to use it." So it doesn't really make a difference. Uh, that's probably just, mm-hmm. you know, something that that uh, Matlock changed along the way. Uh, <laughs> then it says they've arrived at the rear window. Focus change to a green conduit box on the church's rear lawn, half covered in snow. Which would have been nice if they if they showed that. They for some reason don't show us that. Yeah, you know, we get to see it much later, but not now. Mm. Um, so you you'd think that that it would have it, it would have been a nice shot to have in there. Yeah, and then after into that line about the conduit box. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to to actually show that there really is a conduit box there. Yes. You know? And that it's green. And then Baker <laughs> Baker then says to him, well, you're right about that, when he shoots him, and then it goes, blam, 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 bullets rip through the end of the Christmas package, slam the custodian up and into the row of pews, which overturn. So, ah. first of all, I'm glad they changed the fact that he's, you know, it makes it sound as if he's shooting through the Christmas present. You know, it just who cares? You know, just pull up the gun and that's it. You know, these aren't the guys that should be walking around with Christmas boxes with guns.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that would have, I guess, gotten the audience to have a little bit more danger awareness of those boxes when they show up later at the airport, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I don't know.
0: Um, and right, there's, there's, so there's the there's only changes in the script.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So every Wednesday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Airport Airline Edition, where I guess we'll mm. give some sort of story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something that's happened to them over the course of their life that is somehow related to either an airport or an airline a trip or something like that. So what have you got first, Josh? I have
1: two stories. Ooh, uh, there you go. All go. right. Dateline, uh, what was it? Summer 1990. Actually, around the same time that this movie would have come that's out. That's right. Uh, this came out on july 4th so yeah i oh actually it's very close to this as a matter of fact i I was 13 and uh i had i had just gotten bar mitzvahed a couple months prior and so yes yes thank you (laughs) and we were going to be taking uh a trip to europe it was going to be a month-long trip uh and this was out of LAX, and we were going to fly, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Europe. I forget exactly where. Uh, but at that time, I had not gotten chickenpox. My brother had, uh, but mm-hmm. I didn't. And this was at a time when you didn't have uh, a chickenpox vaccine. And anyway, at the airport, apparently my parents saw it first. Some kid walked by covered in pox. And my parents said, quick, quick, get get Josh away. Uh, and... Two weeks later—actually, no, this sorry, this wasn't the Europe trip, but this—actually, uh, I'm totally off now. This was 1987, not 1990. I did a So it wasn't your bar mitzvah, even? It wasn't my bar mitzvah trip. This was my brother's bar mitzvah trip. Okay. <laughs> like 1987. Uh, yes, that's right. And we went uh, we went back east for that one. Uh, but two weeks later, because I remember now, I was in Washington, D.C., actually, kind of close to Dallas, uh, that I did develop chickenpox. And I was stuck in the hotel room then because I I couldn't go out. And so I I ended up missing most of the end of the trip, like, you know, being able to see things like past the Smithsonian or whatever. Um, But it was actually a, a very important part of my life because while I was in that hotel room with the chicken pox, I was exposed to a movie that was on HBO or Showtime back in 1987. And that was Big Trouble in Little China. Ooh! And wow! I I didn't just watch it once. I watched it many times because really, well, you had the chicken pox. Was there. Come on. <laughs> It was it was that, and it was it was Fraggle Rock, so it must have been HBO, I guess. Okay, uh, yeah. And and so that that sort of begat my appreciation for Big Trouble Little China was that catching the chicken pox at the airport and then being stuck in the hotel room. Uh. So yes, that 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 is the first story. Oh about, wow, uh, that's great. Well, I, I just want to say about the chickenpox. So, I've
0: never had the chickenpox and oh. you know, I always claim that that's my superpower because <laughs> because everyone in my family had it. Uh my kids even had it. My siblings had it, my kids had it. I've been around every one of them whenever they've had it. I even got the vaccine and then when they checked it a few weeks later, they said that you know, there's a, there was like a 2% of people that that the vaccine doesn't work on. It didn't work mm-hmm. on me either. Okay, so no, I, I've always said that that's my superpower.
1: Wow. Yeah. Right. I know one day I'll get it,
0: and then I'll be able to oh. I'll be able to say, "Oh crap, it's not my superpower." But yeah. I mean, until that, now, the, the bad
1: is. thing is then if you if you have to get it later in life, then it becomes something like shingles, and that's bad. right,
0: Yeah. Uh, Again, but, uh, well, I, well, you, you don't have a choice for
1: you. <laughs>
0: no, yeah. you don't have a choice. It's not something you know. I, like I said, I tried to get it, and I never got it. So. Yeah.
1: Know. Well, it's it's not fun. I remember bathtubs uh, with chamomile lotion yeah <laughs> oatmeal baths oh yeah my my <laughs> kids all got their their uh, vaccines for that so they'll never have to yeah. experience the joy of it uh anyway but the the second story real quick uh so this is more recent i i actually went to a movies by minutes trip uh to denver in august of 2018 i got a chance to meet uh you know all the different people i i don't know if, if you were at that one maybe no i haven't you. been to <laughs> any of them okay. i haven't been to any of them yet and also, uh, they, they
0: have all, the, 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 they all take place on Saturday, so it's a little bit of a problem for me.
1: Ah, uh, you know, I gotcha.
0: Since, since I, I, uh, well, I keep the Sabbath on Saturday, so it's a little more problematic, but yeah.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> well, on this one, uh, I decided to take—I didn't want to spend that much money, so I decided to take—I believe it was Frontier Air. You know, those ones where they—you know, it's super cheap, but then you pay, like, a little bit for everything else. Anyway, I will never again take Frontier Air. <laughs> Uh, because I got to experience my first bout of what's known as extreme turbulence. Ooh. And for the first time in my life, I actually thought that I was going to die. Uh, you know, we were suddenly we're on the plane, you know, we're going at what seems to be straight, and then suddenly we drop. And it just happens really suddenly. And I just said, Oh my god, <laughs> you know, I was saying, what what the hell? You know, and then some other people who were on the plane at that time, like, oh no, no, it's just bad turbulence, we'll be all right. It's like, oh God. Mm. I mean I, I don't think I've ever experienced something like that before where I think, oh my god, this this could be it. How how crappy would it be on a frontier wow. air flight for crying out loud? Uh on the way to an MXM meeting. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my well, story.
0: All right. That's that that is a great story. Thank you very okay. much for that. That was great. Uh, So, Josh, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you?
1: Uh, Yeah, you can find me at joshhorowitz.com. You can hear samples of some of the stuff that I've done before, including uh, various audiobooks and uh, other Movies by Minutes podcasts that I've been on. Uh, I think what I'll talk about one is uh, a new Movies by Minutes. Actually, it's not Movies by Minutes. It's a new podcast that I am hoping to kickstart with... Uh, with my fellow podcaster Brett Stillo, who did Five Minutes of Trouble and Five Minutes of Bonsai with me. Uh, and this is called A is for Atari. We've been talking about this for a while, uh, where we would take Atari 2600 games. Remember the old Atari cartridges? Oh, and, wow. uh, we would go yeah, over sure. them, uh, from A to, I think there is a Z. Yeah. From A to Z, but not just us talking about it. I have two kids, uh, Ilana and Eric. Ilana is, At this time, she is 10 years old and Eric is 7, and they'll get a chance to play these games probably for the first time in many of these cases and just give their take, and we'll include those segments on the show and talk about it ourselves. So that's hopefully coming this year. Oh, wow. It will be A is for Atari. Wow, that sounds really cool. Very cool. I I, I grew up in Atari, so yeah, I I
0: look forward (laughs) to listening to that. You know, yeah. I, I, but you can you can actually probably play
1: most of these games by using up almost no memory on your computer these days. Oh yeah, I mean the the emulated versions of the ROM files that they use from these cartridges, like each game is two or four kilobytes. Care. Right, exactly. I mean a thousand, approximately a thousand kilobytes is a megabyte, so right. you can have the entire Atari library essentially on. You could probably fit them on a couple of floppies, honestly. Oh, wow. You know, definitely a USB stick. The yeah, nice thing sure. is, though, that I was able to get something where uh, I, I still have my old Atari, and it still works from back in the day. And I was oh, able wow. to get a cartridge that lets you actually put some of those ROM files onto a, a specially modified cartridge. So you play it on the actual Atari hardware. Oh, that's really the cool. Way it are, they still, done. are they still the... So, be... The triangle cartridges? Uh, well, they were they were rectangular. Oh, okay. No, so you know that so, that would just kind I, of chuck right in. Right, I remember that there were that, that we used to play Atari ones that were that were triangular
0: ones also. Triangular. I remember we played Space Invaders all the time on that one.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there there were different form factors yeah. that they had yeah, on yeah, some of sure. these things, and I think like the Atari fifty two hundred and stuff had even more wacky types of cartridges, but. But yeah, the ones I remember these these you know great classics from when I grew up. So glad to have a chance that my kids can check it out, and then people f- who are fans of this sort of thing can uh, kind of reminisce. Yeah, very cool.
0: All right, thank you. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website, MoveAroundMinute or you can find me on Facebook. So until tomorrow, yipikaye,
1: yipikaye. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint
0: little villages here and